Welcome to the Life Well Done Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. I'm a strength conditioning and mental performance coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things movement, mindset, and nutrition. I'm on a mission to help you break free of your mental prison and uncover your most powerful self so your best days are no longer a thing of the past. If you enjoy listening, please be sure to rate and review the podcast and share it with someone you think needs to hear it. You can connect with me on Instagram at lifewelldone. Dr. Steven Soar, uh, we were just chit-chatting a little bit about how we got connected and how it seems that the way I found out happens all over the place. Um, I work with Matt Zanis, Dr. Matt Zanis, and it seems like most people don't realize that you two are colleagues and work under the same roof. And when they find out, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, I welcome. I'm super excited to, to kind of exchange some thoughts here and learn from you. Um, I know you have a ton to offer. As I said, Matt, highly recommended you. Um, but enough from me already. Let's give. Let's let you take the uh, you know the word here and introduce yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I'm Dr. Steven Soar. I am a naturopathic medical doctor in Arizona. I am the medical director and founder of Source of Health here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So we focus on helping people look and feel better without drugs or surgery. And the way that we accomplish this is by not diving in only on one thing, but it's looking at it from a few different aspects. We call it the four pillars, right? So Dr. Zanus does the move better side. So what is the point of living a really long time if you're stuck in a chair and you can't move, right? That doesn't make sense. So that's our move better side. And Dr. Zanis is just incredible with that. So I, I leave all that to him. That, that part's easy. I'll validate that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then we have uh, the live better side. So functional medicine is kind of this new wave of where naturopathic medicine, integrative medicine, holistic medicine all comes together. So we just call it functional medicine. It has a little bit more of a intuitive definition to it. The second part that I really love to work on is regenerative medicine. So we call that heal better. So when you get a paper cut or a scratch, obviously you can watch that heal and it doesn't heal instantly, but within a week or so you kind of like don't notice it anymore. And then within a few months you're like, where was that? So that's healing. But what happens deep down inside to like arthritis or tendonitis when it's more joint related, the musculoskeletal system. What happens if it's in the digestive system? Ooh, that, that's like opening up a can of worms, right? And then all of that ends up with your skin, what you see when you look in the mirror. I always tell all of my aesthetic patients, so this is our look better side, you do this because it's you. When you look in the mirror, if you see, I look unhealthy, I look tired, I look old, I don't like the way that I look. What is that telling to your subconscious brain? So whatever you're about to do, you're doing this for yourself. Yes, it will land you a better job. Yes, more people will trust you. Yes, you might even do better in getting into a relationship or maintaining a relationship. But that's external. But it still ends up being about how you feel when you look in the mirror, both men and women. So I have a really good percentage of men in my practice. it's usually more females than males just because guys, the whole bro's like, oh no, I'm fine, bro. I'm fine. <laughs> You're not fine. And why would you want to be fine? Why is fine and okay acceptable? 
we need to do way better. So anytime I have a patient come and see me, I say, listen, the next time you see me, I need you to ask me one question. How do I do better? Love That's that. It. I yeah. love that, dude. Uh, man, I feel really cool right now because I have a lot of what you just talked about. I have written down in notes of questions. Uh, so that's, that's a good thing. Uh, the first thing was the mind body connection and the way you sum that up about, um, the, when you look in the mirror, what's that really telling your subconscious? And, and we kind of talked about this before we pressed the cord about men's struggle in society today and in the whole, like, you know, it's okay to, it's necessary to take care of your skin but myself included, we got the, yeah, come on, bro. Like you said, and, and the reality is we need to open up that container because the skin is, is super important to our overall health. And my question was about mind body connection. And I think that <laughs> I'm sure we're going to dive into this organically over the whole thing, but you, you kind of nailed it there with like what you see in the mirror of your body communicates to your deep mind about how you feel about yourself, how you present yourself outwardly and uh, kind of an endless story there. So, man, that's a hell of a way to put it in, in a very effective way to put it. So thank you. That's, you know, that's your great. body is your temple, those types of quotes and be the change. You know, when you're looking at yourself, it really is a reflection of all of your habits, all of your behaviors. Genetics is five to 10%. Mm. That's it. Dang. Even with cancer, it's five to 10%. It's just, it doesn't, the genes don't matter all that much. It's the loaded gun. It's the environment that pulls the trigger. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, well, then we just took the gloves off. Let's do this. Uh, you brought up digestive health very early on. And from a very selfish um, stance, I, this is something I've struggled with on and off for probably most of my life. But in the last, call it five years, it's become significantly stronger in its grip on my life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I believe that I'm a pretty intuitive and, and intelligent person on how to coach other people. And I'm sure if you've had conversations with uh, Matt, um, you've heard the phrase coach needs a coach. And something I'm working on right now is taking control of the digestive world for myself, because I do have uh, skin issues. Um, I've been diagnosed with eczema on my head in my back and my chest. Um, I've got just the absolute, you know, the, the physical digestive issues of when you go to the bathroom, it's not, it's unpredictable, it's unpleasant, all these things. Um, and I recently went to a GI doctor, you know, just to let's start knocking out the checklist here and thinking, okay, I'll get some blood tests done, I'll, you know, prize stool sample, but there has to be a connection between gut and skin among so many other things that I'm, again, we'll probably dive into. And he said, no, there's, there's really no known literature to suggest that there's a relationship between gut and skin. And I know that's not true. And that's totally so I, yeah. And I continually tried to ask questions without insulting him to kind of direct him to like, I'm telling you you're wrong. And I don't care that you have the MD or DO or whatever you are. I'm telling you that this is my experience. This is, this is not a dermatology experience and a gut experience. And he, you know, he, I don't remember what he diagnosed it as, but he wants to do all these tests and, um, you know, some kind of variation of IBS. I said, I have zero pain. I have zero pain. It's just unpredictability and uncomfortable, you know, in terms of like living your life. And so let's talk about that. What does that mean to you? Um, 
in what, how would you go about kind of attacking maybe my situation or people that are in similar situations to myself? Sure. So there's a lot to unpack in, in that question, really. So the digestive system is outside of you. It's your outside. It's the inner skin. When your body goes to take in some food, I'm not even going to get into what we're eating right now, but when it takes in some food, it is non-self. Your stomach then needs to begin to break things down into its simpler parts. The first part of your small intestine breaks it down into even smaller parts. And then the rest of the small intestine is absorbing the lipids, the amino acids, the sugars. And then all of the vitamins and minerals come through, you know, secondarily. Actually, the large intestine is where the seat of your probiotics, the good bacteria, live. There's more cells that are not you than are you in your person. Mm. A third of what you eat is not even for you. Think about that for a second. Yeah, that's pretty so powerful. What happens to, we call this the microbiome. So you have a microbiome in your gut, in different parts of your gut. You have microbiome on your hands, on your scalp, around your eyes, in your mouth, in your ears, in your crotch, in your pits, everywhere. There's different bacteria, your toenails. There's different bacteria, fungus, virus that all live in and around you in these little tiny ecosystems. When they're off, you're off because it's a symbiotic relationship. So one dose of antibiotics, affects it. But what if you're on antibiotics all the time? What if you grew up on antibiotics? What about steroids, which are immunosuppressants? What about what we're putting in our body besides the food? Have you seen the list of chemicals yeah. that we produce that go into and on our food? Never in the human evolution have we ever experienced these chemicals. And now within these past few decades, now we're experiencing them. So there's so much disruption going on to the gut, the bacteria, the, the probiotics that live in the gut, the microbiome, and how is that affecting your brain, your immune system, your hormonal system, the endocrine? It all goes together. So I like to think of this as like a triangle, a triangular stool. You have the brain, the nervous system, the immune system, the white blood cells and so, and then the endocrine system, the hormones. Those are three legs of the stool, but what's the seat? It's the gut bacteria, because this is all about how things communicate with one another. Hmm. Your skin cells don't move. Your eye cells, your brain cells, nothing moves. Even the red blood cells don't necessarily move. They're not supposed to move. We call that bleeding. You know, they stay within their system. White blood cells are the ones that are able, some white blood cells are able to move and migrate around to different areas to go and, you know, fight off invaders. But that's it. Anything else that moves, we call that cancer. That's not supposed to metastasize and move around. So we need to find a solution in a multicellular organism to be able to send these signals back and forth. The nervous system uses neurotransmitters, but electrical impulses. The hormones, right? This is the, the sound that your different glands make to create balance and harmony within yourself. And then the immune system is also sending out a bunch of signals. Your muscles send out signals. They're called myokines. 
uh, speaking about the mind-body connection, exercise releases something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. It's a natural antidepressant. It's one of the most important things. And if we put that in a pill, that would fix so many problems. I can't even tell you. So getting back to you are what you eat and food is medicine. Um, an ancient Ayurvedic proverb is when diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. And when diet is right, medicine is of no need. So what you're eating is either helping you or hurting you. So it's all about accounting. You've got debits and credits. And you have your checking account, which is your working capital. And then you have your savings account. Some people just have too much in savings. They really do. They're hoarding up all that. We call that fat. You know, they're hoarding it. So how are you going to lose weight if you never dip into that savings account? I mean, I always suggest add more muscle because it's probably the best thing you could possibly do for yourself, but that takes effort. You can't just put testosterone in and then get muscle. You need to use it. Yeah, the but misconception there for sure. Misconception, right? I mean, it will help you build muscle, but you need to work the muscle. We are yeah. beasts of burden. We're a physical creature. You know, we're organisms just like everything else. You know, if you don't put in effort, you don't see results. And effort is not just throwing money onto a situation. Right. I have so many people that have come to see me in my years of practice that just want stem cells for everything. I'm like, what do you think a stem cell is going to do? A stem cell, 95% of all stem cell therapy does not do what people think stem cells do. 5% of stem cells turn into the cell that you think because we we've been misnomered with what stem cell therapy is versus what stem cells are. Hmm. So your skin has stem cells in it and from which new skin cells come from. Stem th cell therapy is a different type of cell that was actually asked to be recategorized by uh, Dr. Arnold Kaplan who coined the term mesenchymal stem cell to actually be medicinal signaling cell. So these are cells that live on top of your blood vessels that help to regulate with healing so just as your platelets make a scab and release growth factors, these medicinal signaling cells send out even more of this healing system. They attract white blood cells to the area. They will donate some mitochondria to help upregulate the powerhouse of uh, healing and energy to help a cell heal. Um, but this is being done throughout your entire body all the time without any medical intervention. Let's say you eat something spicy. Let's say you eat something sharp and, or you have like a little cut or something to your digestive system. Well, your body has to go in and heal that. So 70% of your immune system, you know, fairly is in your gut. It's called the GALT, the gut associated lymphoid tissue. There's a reason for that because it's the outside world and you keep assaulting it all the time and it's soft and squishy. Our outer skin is a little bit tougher. It's more of a physical barrier. That's all mucous membrane like the inside of your cheek. That's really easy to scratch. Right. You know, the calluses on your palms and soles are a lot more durable because they're meant to withstand that kind of assault. So what you're eating really impacts it. And again, I, I made a post a, a little while ago about the difference between gluten and glyphosate. Well, you might have a gluten problem, or is it just the glyphosate that's on the gluten? And maybe it's both. And, you know, if you set yourself up, to injury, anything else in that area will also be looked at as an offensive agent if you follow that. So there was a really great study done a long time ago in pediatrics about um, children that are 
not exposed, like in, in an urban culture, not exposed to sunlight and they have low levels of vitamin D and they're breathing in all these diesel particles and all this inner city junk. Well, of course they're gonna have more asthma. And it, of course they're gonna be more sensitive to the environmental pollutants or toxins or whatever else they're also being you know, assaulted with by their immune system. Diesel particles make you more reactive to whatever else you're also around. So diesel particles plus, I don't know, pick a flower or pick a tree or pick dust or, or dander, like you're gonna be more prone to becoming allergic to it. And we're not even really getting into allergies, we're getting into sensitivity. There's so much to unpack <laughs> with all that. So ask me if something else that might have you know, springboarded you from that. Yeah, well, I mean, so, ooh, how do I wanna unpack this? It's something you just said is pretty interesting to me. Is it the gluten or is it the uh, glyphosate or yeah. is it both, right? Because there's this chemical that's sprayed on so many uh, of our of the things that we're going to ingest. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because when you said that, it was, it was like all of a sudden everybody has celiac disease, right? right? There's just, this incredibly high growing rate of, of people that are, being, I guess, being diagnosed with celiac disease. And so your question actually challenges all of that in the sense of like, well, I'm not saying you don't. It's a matter of what do we, do we know what's causing it? Is it one, both, or neither? Is there something else that's actually going on, which kind of gets you down that rabbit hole of like, well, there's, I have this phrase where I think like, I'm always like, there's generally more questions than there are answers, right? Like someone gives me an answer. I'm like, I don't know. I have more questions now. <laughs> like, I'm not saying we the answer. We try to use Occam's razor. So how can we boil things down to the simplest solution is often the correct one. Right. You know, so celiac disease is a very rare autoimmune disease. So the non-celiac gluten sensitivity is what most people are experiencing from that. And do you experience it immediately? Not typically. It's a delayed reaction. Just like if you get infected with a bacteria or virus, is different than food poisoning, which is like literally toxins that you just throw up immediately. Oh, I had a bad oyster. Well, you don't have to wait a few days to know, you know, within a few hours. Yeah. So it's just different. <laughs> and then, but it's hard to make that, that temporal react, uh, relationship. We're pattern seeking creatures, aren't we? We sure are, we sure are. So if you can't make that connection and you can't draw forward that conclusion from that pattern, then you're lost. I had a gentleman in clinical rotations years ago he was eating a salad and he had a stroke. So guess what he'll never do again? Yeah, eat a salad. And that sounds preposterous, but in yeah. his mind, that's it. Well, that, that's, that's so much like um, two people in a gym watch someone deadlift and hurt their back. And then yeah. every time you go to deadlift, all of a sudden your back aches. You're like, <laughs> I can't deadlift. You're like, is it just, you know, fear and stress are, are really amazing things to uh, the body and they can present in so many ways. Uh, and that's the value, I guess, of, of understanding what all these things really are trying to tell you uh, and not really what they are. I feel like when they try to tell us something pain like that, I guess that would be this example that I, I would be able to convey is that like, you know, what is the pain telling you? What is digestive disruption telling you? And again, there's more questions in there. There's more to unpack. Uh, for me, I was very disappointed. Uh, I kind of assumed this was going to happen. So maybe it was me bringing it out. But when I did go to the GI doctor, having that experience where he said, no, there's no relationship. And that to me was when I was like, we're, 
We're just so misled in so many ways right now in our lives um, that I, I was like, you know, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna get the blood in the stool sample to send to you because at that point, I, what am I doing? No, I probably should go. And there's something else I want to get into with this. But uh, for my digestive health, I know I've, I've tried to, um, I tend to have more uh, struggles, it seems like with, with vegetables, um, but not all. And so really trying to organize, you know, eliminate a lot of things and then start to slowly introduce and see what's going on. At the same time, Matt, Matt has helped me trying to use some supplements to um, really aid in repairing and promoting uh, really great gut health as just a general term. And sure. it's funny because very quickly with eliminating, um, you know, I'm, I'm an, a believer in animal base, but I know that there's plenty of ways to skin the cat essentially. Um, I felt really good within a week to the point where digestion had already like improved tenfold. I mean, changed everything. And it became to the point of like, I was flying somewhere. I was like, I don't get nervous about flying. I don't get nervous about a lot of things. Mm. I'm more nervous about is my digestive system going to cooperate with me while I'm doing all these things. And it became, allowed me to become very aware of my conditioning to these things. But I guess the question is in attacking that, I guess, I don't know if there's more questions you would have to ask in attacking that digestive health. I know that there's fatigue. There's definitely hormonal issues, which is something I want to talk about with um, erections and testosterone and all those things. Um, but more often than not, other than the physical displeasure of like, just never knowing when you're going to have to take a shit um, or that when you do have to take a shit, it's like, I need a bathroom now. Um, it's the fatigue and the skin. It, I'm, the skin is so bad. I get itchy and rashed. My head breaks out. I look like I'm scaling, like a, like a snake breaking the uh, skin. Yeah. And to me, that part is that almost more than the actual physical digestive issue was yeah. the driver of like, I have to figure this out because this is so aesthetically and physically uncomfortable right now. Right. Um, I'm not even sure what the question is in that, but it was disappointing. Let me, let me to zoom out and, and paraphrase this for you. So what you're saying is you've noticed some things that have happened to you over time. What makes a really good patient and a really good doctor is being able to tease all of these things apart and create a history. What happened first and then this and then this and then this. So a good history is really important. Yeah. And the way to do that is to interview the patient appropriately and spend time to get good answers, knowing how to probe the mind of that person and get that history in that setting. The, the failing of the medical system is the quick diagnosis and the quick treatment. Because yeah. there's so much to unpack, like you're saying. But I can't know this instinctively. I need to ask you these questions. We're not lab rats. There's so many variables and what causes what and what happens then and so on and so forth. It's really difficult. And then another injury happens. And then there's another compensation. And then another and another, and it snowballs. So to, to answer like a, a real proverbial question, what is the, the biggest killer of all humans on the planet? Age. Just getting older. <laughs> makes you the risk of dying worse than heart disease and cancer and so on. But it's just getting older because you've accumulated all these nicks mm. and these nicks affect your cells and then they affect 
the DNA actually themselves. You, you start to shut genes down, turn other things mm -hmm. on and turn, you shut off that young cell and you kind of beat it up. So it just doesn't, it's not as young and spry anymore. Interesting. So you can't rebound as well as you used to before. I can tell from your experience that you're no longer 21. It's an accurate uh, assessment. <laughs> the further away you get from 21, where you can like have a crazy binge night and wake up the next morning and just, just go. Yeah. <laughs> you can only, it's youth is wasted on the young. We wear out. Right now on the bench top of research, we're learning how to actually turn these dials and reverse this process. Hmm. So in 10 years, these questions are going to be solved almost instantly. Wow. Now you can still make bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, especially to the American public, educate them to make better choices instead of just saying, oh, well, when this goes wrong, just fix it with this. Instead of, don't do that to yourself. Respect yourself more and make better choices. Our culture, the Americana is really based off of one industrial revolution, so the assembly line, and two, post-World War II, baby boomer, everything is convenient, supermarket mentality, quick, you know, take a pill for this and a pill for that. You don't have to, and just keep on going with your life and look how convenient it is. And you can continue, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Right. But we're really assaulted now with things that we've never had to again deal with in our entire evolution. So I always ask my guys this question, and this is a, this is a kind of get right down to the point question. Do you have morning wood every morning? And my guys over 30 or 40 are starting to be like, uh, I'm like, why was that not like a, Oh heck yeah. And then 60, they're like, wait, what's wood? <laughs> what, what is that? If you don't have morning wood, you need to go to your doctor. And it's not like, oh, give you a blue pill to you know, get you hard. It, it's so much to unpack within that. So it's hormones. It's your blood vessels, your cardiovascular system. It's your nervous system, right? What if you don't sleep well? It's literally a form of torture every hour of less of sleep you get, it's wearing you down. You need sleep to regenerate. You need sleep to heal. You need sleep so that you can dream and process the emotional onslaught that happens every day. People that have stress don't experience or, or rebound from stress the same way as everybody else. Everything is stressful. The clothes on your skin, the temperature in the room, the humidity, and then the person who cuts you off on the highway, and that, that boss that's yelling down at your neck, you know, down your throat. All of these things are stressful, but it's how resilient and what's the coping mechanisms? How do people deal with different things? Big CEOs with companies crashing have the same day-to-day -day operations that most people do. They're just better dealing with it than others. Mm. So this kind of, zooms out a little bit every time I meet a new patient and I don't mean to be mean, sassy or cruel in any way. I'm just blunt. I only can help people if they're warriors. I can't help victims. Nobody can help a victim because they're stuck in that mode of things are happening to them instead of affecting change. Not all 
who have had trauma are traumatized. Hmm. What has made PTSD so prevalent is that there's poor coping mechanisms and skills to self-soothe when something gets stressful in K through 12 education. So then they become an adult and they're like, I don't know how to adult. Yeah. We, we've babied the cultures down. The next generation's even weaker, mentally fortitude. And the suicide rates are up and depression and anxiety, all these pills, like we're not dealing with the problems. So is stress a killer? It always has been, it always will. The mo- it's so much now. It's really an overload to the system. Social media, yeah. and then all this information. It's like your brain can't handle this. It's, uh, that's, yeah, I can't really you agree can't with get you an erection. Yeah, and then the guy's like, well, I can't get hard, so. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> if you would be introduced, you know, like we talked about the gut of like, introducing all these other things the food you eat the you know the things you ingest that you're not even you know you're not intentionally doing the diesel right. but you know pollutants all these things um and even from the brain side of things you're looking at uh social media the porn um the people you're conversing with yeah. you know all these things that are they're low energy and and zap you and create these really unrealistic fan, you know, you know, fantasized experiences um, that really do damage you. And I assume this is kind of what you're talking about when you say nervous system and, and that's replay or it's function into how you optimally live your life. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I know you have some thoughts on um, hormone replacement or testosterone replacement therapy. And, and that goes along with the morning wood conversation. Sure. Um, you're supposed to have morning wood every morning. Yeah, it's a normal function. You actually get hard up and down throughout the entire evening of sleep. Interesting. Um, you look at your scrotum and you just stare at it. It moves all on its own, right? It's, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, I'll, I'll be very open to my family. I apologize for this. Um, but, you know, like I, I invested in myself last week and I went and took a trip that was uh, in, in an incredible experience. It was, a, it was a men's retreat essentially and did some things, some, some very like testosterone boosting things and shooting guns and learning, you know, all these military, just very testosterone boosting. But we also had that opportunity to get into that feminine of what do you struggle with in life? And, you know, throughout the whole week, it was kind of like mm, waiting for the aha moment, never came. And then in reflection, it was like, oh, there were several aha moments. They just weren't fireworks. And, from that, I feel like I stepped into a new version of myself and all of a sudden, you know, I just, my, my wife is uh, very into, to, um, we are very into like energy and, and making sure we try to elevate ourselves and, and all these things. And we, we did some experimentation the other day and I felt like just this explosion of like, dude, I'm on fire, this focus, this energy. And the last two nights, three nights, my dreams have been incredibly vivid. Um, I feel like my sex drive has returned or at least increased. Um, so I can only imagine what, in terms of, and I'm, I'll ask this question to you, when you say the nervous system, what types of things are affecting and, and being in, affected by the nervous system that would relate to testosterone? I assume it's not necessarily just nerves that go into the region of everything. It's, it's the stress yeah. you were talking about and everything. No, absolutely. So nerves that directly affect you know, the penis, erections, um, the pudendal nerve, that would be issues with prostate, but also 
more like guys that have diabetes. Mm. High blood sugar binds to proteins and makes things sticky. They're called advanced glycosylated end products or AGEs, right? That affects the way that the nerves work themselves. But when we say nervous system, it's a system. There's a gas pedal and there's a brake. You cannot, should not, will not ever be able to have the foot on the gas at all times. There is a reason why a third of our life is unconscious. It's so that we can spend the other two thirds more robustly and efficiently. Sleep deprivation is a form of torture. And if you're not, okay, so let's say you go to bed and then you end up waking up, but it wasn't even very good. Do you track your sleep? Do you understand what are the things that control your ability to sleep well? Now you got deadlines and projects and, you know, what if the room is the wrong temperature? What if there's a kid or an animal or a spouse that's waking you up, you know, snoring? What if you have sleep apnea? All of these things, you know? So when I, when I look at a guy, let me, let, let's use examples. Like let's look at different patient pictures, if you will. So the man who's 65 years old has never done anything but work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. They go to retire. They're on absolute empty. So they're, they're past andropause. What about a guy who's, you know, roughly your age, somewhere between 20 and 40, we'll say, okay? And they're just not doing it the right way. How are they going to feel at 40? Oh my God, I'm, I can't keep my head above water. What's happened? Versus the guy who's developed really good skills, life skills, being able to really tonify their body, put good things in, both visually, stimulation-wise, and also you know, solid matter food-wise what's the difference in the outcome? So we're not talking about lifespan, how long you live. We're talking about your health span, how mm. well you live with the life that you have. On the bench top, we're able to extend both now. We can use medications. There's certain drugs that are very interestingly having other indications for. So that's on the bench top. There's some new molecules that are being invented right now to do things that I can't really discuss today uh, that are going to make us live to 120, 150. Is that even ethically good to do? Can we financially afford to do that? Versus like, oh, cool. We can make worms and yeast cells live for, mice live for 25, 30% longer. Like, cool. That's great that we could do that. But does that make sense? Does that mean that you can go and party with the bras every single night and then just say, oh, I'll just take a pill and rewind the clock and then continue doing that again? This is another reason why I don't give stem cells to people. I'm like, what is the point of rewinding your clock if you're just going to go right off that cliff again? Change the trajectory and stay on the road. Don't go off the cliff. Like that's okay. insane. Yeah. So, you know, why would you do the same thing over and over again? Like fix the, go backwards, but change the trajectory. So that's where when we blend things together between regenerative and functional medicine together, we get the best results.
So we can do regenerative orthopedics. We can do regenerative gut health. We can do re regenerative aesthetics. I love aesthetics. I, aesthetics is dermatology that is affecting how the person looks and feels. There are diseases of the skin, right? You get stung by a bee, right? You rub up against poison ivy, you get a cut or a scrape, that's a disease of the skin itself. Nothing else is involved. You hurt your skin, okay? But anything that is coming out like eczema or psoriasis or rashes, that's an internal issue. Yeah. If it's only on one hand <laughs> and not the other hand, what did you do with that hand? So that, that's not systemic. But if it's a systemic cause, like you're getting a rash underneath your eye or around your mouth or on the softer parts of your body, this is where you're more sensitive. So this is a systemic issue. So some foods that we eat, typically the foods that we overeat, we tend to get sick of because your body creates antibodies to foods like a bacteria or a virus. It's the same situation because it's a foreign element. And if that crosses over the gut wall, your body is going to start to accumulate these antibodies. So if that food jumps into the bloodstream again, gets across that gut wall, your body's like, hey, bro, you got an infection. No, I'm not going to give you energy. No, I'm going to give you joint pain so you don't move. People see things at such a face level, but they don't look deeper and ask the questions of why. So within a short period of time asking the right questions, it should generate more questions for you to go home and think about. Interesting. This is not really something that could be so well programmed by artificial intelligence. And medical is trying to do artificial intelligence so you can eliminate the doctor. And for kind of like the pharmacy, the over-the-counter stuff, I think that's adequate. Sure. It's not great because, you know, I, I see people in here, young people that are on like really high doses of ibuprofen. I'm like, one, that's not good. Uh, it can cause them toxicity because they don't know. But two, that's setting you up for GI bleeds. If your gut is falling apart, either from what you've done to it or the stress hormone that you're generating within yourself, the rest of your body is, is not too far away from falling apart. So I think we like to look at these, what's the litmus test? What's this, what's this thing where you're like, okay, I can literally just see where am I on a scale one to 10. And if you're not getting morning wood, that's a, that's a problem that every guy knows exactly what that means. And every guy knows what it's like when it's time to perform and it's floppy or it's not working or your head's in a different place and you're tired, you're stressed, you can't focus. There's, there's more to unpacking that than just like your dick can't get hard. Yeah. You know? Um, th there's so much to medicine. This is not like building a house. This is an interface of the smartest home you'll ever think of to create. Yeah. We've had millions of years of figuring this out because we're not that different from every other organism on the planet. We're 30% daffodil. We have the same genes as flowers, 30%, right? Our base programs of making ATP, energy, cellular energy, across the planet, nearly every single organism has ATP synthase. Like it's, it's just beautiful the further down you look.
Yeah. Genetics are this incredible code that we are now able to biohack or unlock. So learning how to do this and really respecting the patient, I think is the most important thing. So I do the victim and warrior. I, I just say, hey, you're a warrior. That means you're gonna be proactive and wanna do more with this. Mm. But do we need to throw everything at you all at the same time? No, that's not respectful. Right. So how do we start off with, I like free things. I like things that are super free. What does hot and cold do? So good. Hot and cold is literally like gas and brake. Pump it, you know, work out that muscle. You know, I like free stuff. Then we can get into what are you, well, you have to eat anyway, Brian. So right. like, why not just eat something that's like good for you? And I know that there's debate on what's good or not good for you as there always are. But, you know, in, in, that, in that same vein of gluten versus glyphosate, well, you go to Europe, they don't use glyphosate. You eat that food, you're fine. So what is that telling you about what's happening here in America? I get sassy. That means X, Y, Z means I get sassy because you can't control as well of what you're putting into your body. You want to make good choices. We're having this conversation because you and your listeners want to make good choices about their health because their health is so important because you think you know that if you're healthy, you're on fire and you can do anything you want to do. 100%. If you have brain fog, joint pain, you're just tired and you feel like you're always kind of kind of come down with something. There's more to that story than meets the eye. So your gastroenterologist is looking for frank disease. Right. Do you have liver failure? Is your pancreas there? Do you have an autoimmune disease? Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, mm -hmm. things like that. Check, check, um, check, right? Asking the right. same questions. <laughs> you, know, you get a colonoscopy, not just be like, oh, want to make sure everything's all clean in there. No, we're looking for cancer polyps and colon cancer it can happen when you're young right you know yes age is the worst thing to do with your health in general <laughs> but things can happen um it's men's health month and you know are guys doing testicular checks you don't get testicular cancer when you're old 18 to 35 that's when testicular cancer hits you know but we're not taught this right no, from an not. early age because oh no we can't say testicle or because yeah, it's, all, it's, all, or, it's it, all taboo it's all taboo yeah. so i really like to you know break some of those taboos and just open conversations guys are more squishy than women because women are already open and they talk about this stuff men are men need permission from their bros yeah. to to talk about this stuff Hey, do you get Brotox? Yes, I do. Why? Because I don't want to look like Clint Eastwood when I'm old. <laughs> I don't want to look like a prune. I, I don't want to look that way. It doesn't look good. It, that's damage that you're looking at. Oh, I like to wear my scars. That's fine, but that's not really what you're saying. You're trying to show off. So you can be a man without having all that bravado and machismo. That's overcompensating for something else, Brian. I don't need a big car that makes loud noises and all that. Like I'm confident. Not everybody's blessed, you know? So you have to make up for other ways. So is that emotional shame, trauma that's passed down from generations? Did it just happen to you and no one else in your family? 
Now we're talking about something called epigenetic inheritance. Oh. Do you know this term? Uh, familiar with it, yes. Yeah, yeah. So if your grandparents in the depression were nutrient deprived, in starvation mode, that's going to activate certain genes that are passed on to their children and then to you. Right. Right. There's hormonal cascades as well. DDT, you know, that to kill mosquitoes, yeah. that has estrogen effects that are in the granddaughters of, of the person exposed. Hmm. So there's so much that goes into this. This is a hard conversation, but it's a great one to have. Sure. Oh, yeah. So we're not even going to talk about heart disease and cancer today. There's not enough time for all right, of that. Right. Cancer but, treatments are pathetic. Something's <laughs> um, changed with the stats. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I love this conversation. I could learn the way you express your thoughts and information is very easy for me to learn from. Um, well, thank you. You actually are, are taking a lot of the things I think about and are taking them in a way that I'm like, that's that's how you say it. There we go. Um, which is really, uh, which is really props to you uh, as far as your way of communicating. Um, I know we're running, we're closing on time here. Just a couple of things I wanted to ask you, and maybe one's kind of unfair. I wanted to get to neuroplasticity, but that just means that we have to have another uh, um, podcast. So I can give uh, you a quick little clip it for that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. The rule of threes: three days, three weeks, and three months. There it is. For the first three days, you could do anything. For the next three weeks, that's when the withdrawals really happen. Mm -hmm. But after three months, it's a new you. I love that. It's good. I have that. Three days, 21 days, three months. There it is. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, cool. So in wrapping up, I do have one kind of question. And, and this is probably a little bit unfair. It, this probably, there's no hard answer. I already know that. Um, but you, you made the comment of the body gets sick of the foods we eat, uh, which you know, when, it pass, when the infection or passes the gut, the wall, and, and we get infection, we get a systemic response. Right. What is, what is like a, what is a potentially expected time frame to do most things right to have the gut heal in a way that it can effectively protect and operate? Is there, is, do we think in timelines there? Um, or is it really just a trial and error? Go a week and then introduce X. Go, doesn't work? Great. Go another week, introduce X. How, how do you do play with that trial and error back and forth? So we don't like to put spaghetti on the wall and hope it sticks. There you, go. you know, that analogy, yeah. right? In, in the functional medicine world, you have to look at it from the four R's. The first one is to remove. Remove the offending agent. Two is to repair. And three is to re-inoculate. So give the good probiotics back in there, right? Or allow them to repopulate after the guts, gut walls repaired. And then the fourth is restore. Restore the nervous system. Turn off the alarm signals. Everything's okay now. Mm -hmm. Don't turn off the alarm signals if things are not okay. Yeah. That's, what, that's what modern, I can't even call it modern, it's not modern anymore. The old conventional medicine model was turn off the symptom. I'm in pain. Here's a painkiller. I'm inflamed. Here's an anti-inflammatory. This is red. This will turn it, take down the redness. Right. It, it, that's, it's, it's a mistake. It's a solution, but it's ultimately the wrong solution because it's not simple. That's not the right way about it. Right. You're turning off your body's attempt at healing because it's not convenient to you, 
you don't like the way it feels, and it's interrupting with your day. Your life, what, what, uh, what if you have IBS, let's just say this, and you have to carry spare underwear around with you and have this whole protocol around a very, very difficult situation. I'm not saying that drugs are bad, okay? I'm saying that you have to be smart about this and have a doctor who is your advocate. My only, my only mission is to help the person that needs that help. I'm not trying to help a million people at the same time. I love podcasts for that. I love teaching platforms and training for that. But when it comes to a patient and a doctor, it's a sacred time. It's time away from your everyday life and going, going, going. And let's, let's table this. So the health coach world is a really great platform to get started. Ultimately, a doctor's job is to diagnose. And we diagnose. We use labs to confirm or rule in or rule out a diagnosis. And then the treatment plan is much more attainable because now you're knowing what that is. Diagnosis, the root word, what that means is two people die. Agno, which means without knowledge, agnostic, without knowledge. And cis, osis on the end is a condition. Two people don't know what the condition is. So it's that process of getting to diagnosis that gives us clarity. So do you have a gluten allergy, a gluten sensitivity? Do you have gluten autoimmune, celiac? Not really, not many people do. Or is it the stuff that's in and around it? You know, everyone's like, oh, let's use a not a disease situation is pizza bad for you? Oh yeah, all those carbs. Excuse me, there's all that cheese on there that's no carb in the cheese, but right. you're blaming carbs on the, the, the pizza's bad because of the carbs. Right. Is it the gluten or do you have a dairy sensitivity, a dairy allergy, a lactose intolerance, right? Maybe it's a tomato. Tomatoes yeah. can release histamine. I don't have time to get into all of this, but I love, I would love to, I'd love to come back and hundred percent. And it's, it's funny you bring up that pizza thing because number one, pizza is great. Uh, I will always Everyone eat loves pizza. pizza. Right. You're, you are, not, you're an alien if you don't. Um, right. but it's funny because a lot of people say, Oh, you know, Doritos high carb. You're like, actually, if you look at it, it's a fat bomb with a whole lot of carbs in it. So yeah. is it the carbs or is this thing fat calories that are really crushing you? But um, I love it. I know we're short on time here. I would love to have you back on. Um, the last thing I always ask everybody, well, I got to start here. First thing before that, where can people find you? My best way for people to find me is on Instagram, just at Dr. Steven Soar. And that way you can kind of thumb through the thousands of posts that I have. I post almost every day. Um, if you're listening, every Friday we do dad jokes. So fair Great. warning. <laughs> I, I steal a couple here and there. So please do. Fair yeah. warning back. Uh, I, I, cur I curate them to be just <laughs> right for that for that Friday. So I love it. We got fifty plus uh, dad jokes a year. So lot, love lots it. To look forward to. That's the best way. And then you can always check out my website at mysourceofhealth.com. Beautiful. I'll have it all linked in the show notes. Um, well, finally, the last question. Uh, when it's all said and done, Stephen, uh, what will it mean for you to have lived a life well done? Ooh, so good. <laughs> to be able to leave not just a stamp for myself, for my legacy, 
but to make a huge impact on the status quo and get the human humanity of the human race just to a better place. We can do that. I'm a man of science and science moves a little bit faster than politics does, but it takes a whole entire team of people that are doing things for the right reasons to get progress. And we can't do that if we're all by ourselves and we're not able to engage in safe debate and, and make progress. We need to communicate with one another. There are so many people on the planet and growing and we need to all come together. So I like to say in my past life, you know, I'm a yoga instructor. I, I have been a yoga instructor for a very long time now. And what we've learned from ancient philosophy and wisdom from thousands and millennia ago, like they didn't have electricity. But they all, every human's always experienced the same tragedies and the woes and all of the celebrations. Mythology, we can learn so much from these archetypal stories. And it's really finding peace within all of that, Ryan. You know, a life well done is, is about feeling really good and feeling motivated every day and saying, I did something good. I love that. I love it. I, I cannot thank you enough for your time. I have, uh, I'm super excited to plan a trip out to Arizona so that we can actually meet. Oh, um, I love that. And uh, yeah, man, you are a wealth of knowledge. And I, I, I am so grateful for you sharing that with me and, and my listeners. And I, I can't wait to have you on again because I have notes here. I have so many questions to ask you. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your time and knowledge with me and everybody else going to listen to this. And if you are listening to this, go find this man. He's got so much uh, great information. I do love reading your posts. And um, until next time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.